Hey, everybody. This is Matt. And this is Greg. And this is Record Mashup. Thanks for tuning in to our seventh episode. But before we get into it, if you could just press the subscribe button or leave us a comment or an email throughout the episode. Our email is recordmashup at gmail.com. You can also catch us on any streaming service. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, wherever you're using. You can also catch us on YouTube and Facebook at Record Mashup. So getting into it, Matt, what do we have today? Our theme this week is successful and powerful women. And this podcast, when being released, is being released on Women's Equality Day, August 26th. So we thought it would be fitting to pick some songs that are really centered on on women and focused on the the importance that they bring in our lives and, and in the world in which we live. And so the song I picked this week is Respect by Aretha Franklin. What song you got, Greg? For my song, uh, if you didn't hear from the last episode, I let my wife select the song for this week. I felt it was uh, fitting for a woman to pick it. But I picked Run the World Girls by Beyonce. Beyonce has had a lot of feminism empowerment songs, and this was one of the ones that we chose for this week. Awesome. And with that, we'll get into the song. So the song is very simple. The lyrics mostly throughout the whole song are who run the world girls for the most part. So very, very fitting for women empowerment. I know it says girls, but meaning implying women for that. Getting into the lyrics for it, some of the some of the lyrics aren't very straightforward, but some of them are. Some of the men think they freak, they freak this like we do. That actually has no meaning at all. But <laughs> just kind of comparing women and men, really. But the next couple of lines, it goes into just disrespect us no they won't so saying men should not be disrespecting women or equals understanding it says who runs the world girls but basically women empowerment because for a vast majority of time men have been in that power position but women lately have been becoming more um I don't want to say relevant. I want to say empowered within different organizations and just throughout the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll certainly do a summary of the song once we get through all the lyrics, but I certainly think that this song really reflects both the progress that women have made, but also under, you know, there's an underlying tone that there's still more progress uh, to, to be made. And I think this song does a really nice job of, of kind of bridging that gap. It's not really a gap, but bridging that progression, I guess. Yeah. And I think Beyonce is a perfect person to do that with her history with Destiny's Child. She's had a couple of other singles, such as, such as with Destiny's Child, she had the independent song and then couple of years before this song, she had all the single ladies song. 
just kind of women empowerment songs there. And Destiny Child was definitely one of the, what was that, late 90s, early 2000s R&B or hip hop uh, women's group that was very, very big. Yeah, absolutely. Going to some more of the lyrics, she goes into Houston, Texas. So she's from Houston, just telling them how, that's how they do it. And then getting into this goes out to all my girls and club rock and the latest. So rock and the latest music, fashion, whatever it may be, just that girls are just out there having fun. And then really just, yeah, just hitting that whole girls run the world aspect. Yeah. I really like in this stanza, if you will, they're not really this song isn't really written in the form of like verses and choruses, um, <laughs> but I really like this final stanza. And it, it as I say, it, it comes up a couple times where the, the music slows down and she talks about how her persuasion can build a nation. I just, I don't know. I love that line. And I think it's, I think <laughs> musically it, it just, it's perfect. I mean, the way, you know, it's, you know, she's kind of going through the song and then just the whole music changes and, you know, her, her pace slows down in terms of her singing the song and it's, it's so true, right? I mean, women, she's talking about how women run the world and, and, and certainly I think that that's, that's true. This, this notion that, that they can persuade people to, I don't want to say bend to their will, but that's not the right, no, we're not trying to say, but that Mm -hmm. they can, they can get what they need to in order to to make it in life. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And um, I, you know, it's funny. There's a really Greg. I don't know if you watched the music video for this song. I did. Yeah, I. The opening scene to that, I, I get these Cleopatra vibes to it. <laughs> and I don't. This whole idea of building a nation, I I don't know. Just to me, that's as I think through it. it that's the vibe I get from both the lyrics and, and that, that scene in the music video. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She definitely starts out coming out as empowered in the video uh, di- just from a close in the video with the, the headdresses and some of the different outfits that they have. And I think it's at the beginning of the video where she comes in on a horse, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, so just just the way she enters the video is very empowering and it's kind of I want to say it's got like a royalty aspect to it I guess <laughs> yeah. would be be the way to explain it so showing that she has a lot of power and wealth whether that's money or or just like spiritual wealth or w- whatever you want to call it she just as a woman has a lot of power to herself. Oh, absolutely. And then, so for the second verse, it's very basic, saying that she's repping for the girls who are taking over the world, raising a glass for the college grads, so probably more toward the uh, women college grads. It's not very specific, but based on the theme of the song, that's how I take it. And then just talking about getting your grind on and just continuing to empower empower everyone and then going back into that verse that you loved Matt the persuasion <laughs> can build a nation and then running more into just who runs the world girls so but very basic song but based on the video and how she says things in the songs just empowering 
And I really like this second verse. Um, as you go through it, there's kind of this building, right? So she starts out the song talking about how, you know, girls, girls run the world, but, but here I feel like she gets a little more descriptive um, in, in specific ways and how that can play out. So she's talking about, you know, the college grads line, and then you go down a few, few stanzas and she's talking about how they're smart enough to make millions strong enough to bear mm-hmm. the children and then get back to business. Right. So it's like women are going out They're They're doing what historically used to only be available to men. They're getting college degrees. Yep. They're making millions out of college doing their, perhaps not necessarily out of college, but, um, but they're making millions. They're still giving birth to children or raising families and going back at it to keep making money. And I think that that imagery, and this is what I was talking about earlier when I was saying that I really feel like this song is so great at bridging the past and the future. She's really kind of saying like, look how far we've come, but we've still got, we've still got a lot to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and just a fun fact for just women in general, they're actually better snipers than men. Really? really? Yep. They're I can believe it. Just the way their brain functions allows mm-hmm. them to focus better for sniping. Interesting. Yep. Are there snipers in the Navy? Mm, I, I guess Navy SEALs probably have yeah, like a true. sniper team. I don't know. Like, I don't know of like a rate or anything that just says sniper. I think it would just be a Navy SEAL. Yeah, that would make sense. More of an Army or Marine thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly no snipers on subs. <laughs> but yeah, but <laughs> women, you guys beat as being being snipers. So there's a fun fact. So just a couple other facts for the song. So the the song samples a drum beat from Major Laser, who who is a duo, and one of them actually helped produce the song. And it's from the song Pondy Floor. And I, I just thought that was a fun fact that they used another uh, large song that was known worldwide, may, maybe not in the United States, but definitely more over in Europe that had a very mm-hmm. significant beat to it that really helps resonate with the song. And then actually using the original creators of that song to help with the production of her song. Hmm. I didn't see that. That's awesome. Yep. And then the choreography to the song was actually done by someone that she had previously worked with for some choreography when she was in uh, destiny's child as well. So there's a little bit of help from people that she knew in the past for choreography and everything to really make the song and the video pop. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I remember thinking as, as I was watching the video, I was like, man, the dance moves in this are they're <laughs> awesome. They're so good. Yep. Yeah. But I think they actually had eight choreographers, but the main choreographer was the one that helped her previously in Destiny's show. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. And then getting into the actual billboard charting of this song, it was actually her lowest performing lead single at that at that time i haven't checked since then but it charted at 29 on the u.s billboard top 100 which 
that if that's her lowest performing lead single, like she's that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she's doing pretty good for herself because uh, turns out I have zero, and yeah. <laughs> she has quite a few singles as well. Greg, did you see where this? So this song was released on. I don't know if we said this, and if we did, sorry, listeners. But it was released on April twenty first, two thousand eleven. But did you see where this song actually got leaked online three days ahead of that? Yes, actually, yeah. There were a couple of different leaks of it, and then also there, were like conspiracies on like what what the song's name was going to be and things like that. Um, yeah. But yeah. It, I'm curious if, I, I don't know, I'm curious if like, if there's ever been a study done or anything on like songs that get leaked and whether or not that like helps or hurts their chart performance. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would have to look into that. I know there's some artists who like, if one of their song leaks, they just release the album early. Yeah. Just because... They're like, if one of my songs is going to leak, I'm not going to let the rest of them leak. I'm going to just be the one who puts the music out. I'm not going to let someone else put my music out type thing. Yeah. And I, I believe that's really all I have for this song. We discussed that there's a lot of empowerment. It, it did chart number one on the uh, U.S. Hot Dance Club songs. But as far as the Billboard 100 goes, it was 29, but it did chart pretty high in a couple other countries as well. So there was some success to it. And I, I think it really does portray just some women's empowerment, especially from Beyonce, who is married to Jay-Z and is probably just as wealthy as him. Yes. And with him also being a very successful person. That is a power couple right there. Absolutely. I would uh <laughs> I I would love to meet both of them. I know that they've done tours together in the past. I think they did a stadium tour. Oh gosh, in the last couple of years, but in any event, um they weren't anywhere near where I was, so we, we didn't get a chance, but Oh, I do have one more fact that I just saw. The song was used to awaken the crew of the final mission of the U.S. Space Shuttle Atlantis and was dedicated to the mission specialist, Sandra Magnus. So that's pretty cool. Yep, that's awesome. Yep. Matt, you got anything else for this song or do you want to jump into yours? No, yeah, let's jump into to Respect uh, by Aretha Franklin. It was uh, off of her I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You album. Kind of a lengthy wordy album <laughs> but uh in any event it was recorded on valentine's day february 14th 1967 and was released on april 29th 1967 it was produced by jerry wexler with atlantic records what's interesting greg i i don't know if you had a chance to do much research on this song but the songwriter is was really kind of unknown there there's not a clear understanding of who the original writer was but in any event it was originally recorded by otis redding yep he he is huge too he oh, oh yeah otis redding we should we should do, we should try to pick one of his songs for an episode because that that dude he had some good stuff <laughs> yep yeah, i love otis redding yeah um 
and the two the two versions, Otis's uh, version and Aretha Franklin's, um, are both very they're they're different musically and lyrically. Although I'd say there's certainly similarities, and you can definitely tell how they um, how how Aretha Franklin's version uh, was derived from Otis Redding's. But and particularly when we look at it lyrically, the changes are very subtle, but they're just enough to drastically change the meaning of the song. So Otis Redding's song was really more about a man telling his woman that he will give her anything she wants as long as she respects him for providing her with money, essentially. So he's bringing home the bacon and he's demanding Mm -hmm. respect from her. So anyone that's heard Aretha Franklin's version of the song knows that her version flips that whole premise on its head and presents a confident woman who knows she already has everything she needs and is demanding respect from her man. Yeah, and just just from the lyrics, that's you can see that. But the way she sings it too, she, yeah. She, oh my god, I love Aretha Franklin. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the way she sings it, you can definitely just feel it from her too. She's got a lot of soul. Oh, absolutely. Which is the queen of soul? <laughs> can't you can't top her. She's the queen, but um, but what's crazy, Greg? Supposedly that she she, she wrote she re kind of wrote the song and re, reworked the lyrics with her sisters uh, Irma and Carolyn. Uh, supposedly they did it like on the way to the to the recording studio, or at least worked out certain components to the song, which I think is pretty interesting. Well, let's let's jump into the lyrics. It's I mean this is I, I love this song. I've always loved this song. <laughs> So the first verse, uh, she's, you know, she's talking about how she has what she needs. Uh, she just wants respect when, when her man comes home and I guess that's really all there is to the, to the first, uh, first verse. But then we go into the second verse and, you know, she's saying how she's not going to cheat on him. She doesn't want anyone else. She just wants respect. That's all she's saying. She says, just, just respect me. Yep. And then we go into the, to the third verse. And she's talking about how she's got money and all she wants in return is her propers. Now I have to admit, Greg, I had never heard this term before propers. I've always thought the song, frankly, and supposedly other people did too, uh, thought she was talking about profits because she says, you know, right before that, I'm going to give you all my money. So I always thought the line was profits, but anyway, it's propers. And uh, apparently this was, Detroit, I looked this up. It was street slang in Detroit for essentially meaning mutual respect. And if you think about it today, the the common or more modern way of saying that would be to give someone props. Yes. Give me my proper respect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm just uh, ignorant and oblivious to these things. But anyway, I thought that was kind of an interesting... uh, I wouldn't say you're ignorant of oblivious to it. I mean, that's why we're doing this, right? So we can just like learn some more culture, like learn about different music, different songs, kind of really analyze them, really get in the nitty gritty details. And hopefully our listeners can learn something from it too. Or if they all know about this, well, hey, we're late to the game. Yes. Uh, so she continues this uh, this kind of notion, you know, kisses are sweeter than honey, and so is her money. And then we jump into the famous, I would say, the most famous part of the song where she's spelling out 
respects and R A S P E C T. Um, you can sing it, Matt. Give it, give it a go. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hear me sing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then she has this line in there after the second, uh, uh, R E S P C T line where she says, take care TCB, which is an acronym for taking care of business, essentially saying, take care of me. You know, I deserve respect. Absolutely. And then we come to these socket to me lines that her, that her sisters and her sisters are the the backup vocalists on this recording that they, they came up with and, and were singing, you know, socket to me, socket to me. And apparently I had to look this up too, Greg. I didn't, I didn't know this. So this was a phrase that was popular in the 1960s and was a way of mm-hmm. asking someone to give you something, but with a strong emphasis on the the notion that you really liked what was being said or given. So in this context, she's saying that she wants respect and she wants it immediately. So she's saying, sock it, you know, sock the respect to me, you know, which I thought was kind of interesting. But when we look at the song as a whole, there's a number of folks that see, and I have to admit, I kind of see this a little bit too, but see a number of sexual undertones throughout the song. So even when we talked about the proper, so once her proper, some people see that as, as a sexual undertone. Um, certainly the taking care of business, the TCB line could be perceived in that way. Even yeah, socket. I think you could maybe see it as like a, like two meanings. Yeah, it's like give me my like for the proper's, give me my proper respect, and then you know, give me my proper. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but but Aretha was actually she was asked about this several times in interviews, um, more towards the end of her life. Um, but well, I, I did see one reference from uh, I think it was a sixty Minutes interview in nineteen ninety. But she's always denied that. So there's been a number of people that have have kind of interpreted the song in that way, and she has always said this, this song is not about sex. You know, it's, it's simply about respecting women, but really respecting anyone. In fact, I actually, there was a, a, I came across a quote that I just absolutely love by her, obviously. And I'm getting ahead a little bit here, but (laughs) the song was hugely popular, hugely successful. And she, when she was asked why she thought that was the case, she had, just a simple quote. She said, everyone wants to be respected. And I think that that's so true. And why this song speaks to so many people, particularly women, is that I think anybody can relate to it. Yeah, it's a song about a wife and her husband, but I mean, everybody wants to be respected. It's so true, right? You, anybody can see themselves in that position. Yeah. And I think based on just like the way society is now or in like the internet what whatever it may be like we're more outspoken now mm-hmm. which for the Beyonce song it was more like i would say more in your face i guess yeah. more out there like blatant like what what the message was and then i not saying that the the message for this isn't like blatant right in your face like RESPACT like yes give give me respect but i think this song is a little more humble than run the world girls by Beyonce. And I think it's just the difference in time is in the way that they're trying to say that 
like the, their empowerment for themselves was also different. Just just the difference in times, like they're a little bit more humble and soft-spoken back then. And now it's, everything's got to be upbeat for people nowadays. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. I think, I think there's songs of their times. Yes. And, you know, when we're talking 1967, I believe it was, well, I guess, the, I guess the song was actually written in or and originally released in 65. Um, but, but, but certainly, and I should say too, Otis Redding's version of the song, I chart it pretty high as well. I think it hit 25 or something, but. It actually has a quote saying that it's no longer his song because of how well her version of it went that he basically stole the song from him and it's no longer his song. It's all hers. Yep. And it doesn't sound like a jaded comment. It sounds like a good job comment to me. No, I agree. That's how I would, that's how I take that too. And um, yeah, so the point I was trying to make though, I mean, you know, this was a song that you know, were talking mid sixties, right in the height of the civil rights movement. And you know, Beyonce's song is, you know, what, 2011, I believe it was. Yes. And I think in many ways, Greg, I think you could make the argument that Aretha Franklin's song helped pave the way and give momentum to everything that happened in, in, in our nation's history and in the world's history to, to allow Beyonce to write the song that she wrote. I would agree with that. I think that from like the 50s, 60s with all the Motown music that was coming out, like the Supremes or Aretha Franklin and people like them, that they did have a lot of power to to voice their opinion or voice how they felt. And that definitely did pave the way for future artists such as Beyonce or any any other musical uh women today yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think i'm there's you know there's certainly other artists in in other genres and a number of artists in, in the 60s and so forth that were really women artists that were pushing and trying to push the narrative and and so forth, you know, Dolly Parton comes to mind, for example, in country music. Yep. Um, I think she really kind of filled that same role in, in, in you know, in, in a different genre, but. And she's, she's done a lot outside of music too. So yeah, Do- Dolly Parton's done a lot. Absolutely. I actually, I almost picked a Dolly Parton song for this episode, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, you know, I just, I think these two songs really go really well together. I think they're paired really well because I do think that one leads to another and vice versa, even outside the the historical you know mindset of these two. I think that they're, they're both talking about women empowerment and just respect. I mean, there's, there's, you know, even, even Beyonce's song, I think mentions respect in there at some point, or certainly gives that, that notion and so forth. But yep, I agree with that. I was going to say real quick too, I know we've got to jumping into comparing the songs a little bit, but um, obviously respect hit number one in the U S what I didn't realize this though. um, While it charted in several countries, it didn't reach number one anywhere else. I, I think it was a little bit more difficult back then. It's 1967. You, you don't have the internet really. And yeah, that's true. It's 
much more difficult to get your music out there, which I, th- I think this was later in her career, I believe, when this one came out. But still, it's she got it played in multiple countries. Yeah, uh, and it was her first uh, first song to chart in the UK. I read, so that was kind of interesting. Oh, nice. And uh, she she did win two Grammys for the song, which is which is impressive. Uh, this was in see that was in 1968. Best R&B recording and best R&B solo vocal performance of a female. Hmm. Nice. But, yeah. The other thing too, I found Greg. This was there's this song's received a number of accolades and awards, but one of the things I think this is the first song we've done where this is is the case, but. This song was actually added by Congress in 2002 to the National Recording Registry. And I looked this up. As of 2019, there's only been 550 recordings that have been preserved in the registry. So to think out of all the songs written in U.S. history that Congress feels needs to be preserved for all time, this is one one of those songs, which I think is pretty cool. So so I just looked it up. Aretha Franklin recorded 112 charted singles on the Billboard, including 77 on the Hot 100 entries. Wow, so, that's impressive. Geez, quite quite a few singles. <laughs> well, they called her the Queen. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely deserves that. Yep. I don't. I'm trying to think. I mean, I certainly the. I was trying to think of any differences between the songs. I mean, you know, certainly, certainly their time time frame is different and genres of music are different, but I just, I feel like these songs just have way more in common than they don't. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I would just say the only difference really is the the method of it more being in your face with the Beyonce, whereas the Aretha mm-hmm. Franklin one I felt was a little bit more humble tone, toned down just mainly just because of the genre of music maybe too. Yeah. But also the music video is pretty out there too for for Beyonce, so it's more in your face. Just we we can do whatever we want to, like it's not only men that can. Yeah, no, absolutely. Greg, do you have anything else about these two songs? Anything? I think that covers most of it. Yeah, yeah. Two um, two really great songs, and I'm glad we, we you know it really worked out to where we had a chance to talk about these songs on and release this episode on women's equality day. I think the timing of that really worked out well. And I think I should say too, you know, I, I, I kind of glossed over this, but it should be noted Aretha Franklin's respect song. And was not only a huge song for the women empowerment movement, but also the civil rights movement it became an anthem song for that as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it really kind of served multiple purposes but it really kind of fit in with this this theme this week yeah absolutely so greg what uh what, what's our theme next week you want to introduce next week's episode yeah so next week we're going to go toward that school education type theme i'm going to be discussing Nas's i can matt what do you have i'm going to do uh abc by the jackson five so Seems kind of fitting with with students heading back to school this time of year, even though they're mostly virtual. I think you got a little bit of school of love with that song. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. 
it'll be good. Yeah. I think, I think it's good timing with everybody heading back to school. So. Absolutely. But with that, we appreciate you for listening. Just remember to hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, send us an email, recordmashup at gmail.com. On the bottom banner, you can get all of our information. Check us out on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or YouTube or Facebook. We appreciate you listening, and we hope that you all have a very good day. Thanks. I guess.